This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Sona, how's your sock drawer looking? It's messy. There's a lot of single socks. Yep. I think it's time for a little spring cleaning. Oh. <laughs> Check out Bombas. Once you try a pair, you'll never look at socks the same way again. I should know. I like my Bombas. Their spring collection has new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. My feet have never been to a party. <laughs> They've so got sad. stripes and florals and new vintagey colored rib socks. You know, when I'm wearing Bombas, I feel like my feet are being caressed okay. and cared for in a way they never have been in my life. Hmm. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash Conan and use code Conan for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Conan and use code Conan at checkout. <laughs> Okay, hi, my name is Thomas Middleditch. Hi, my name is Ben Schwartz. And I feel sizzling with an apostrophe instead of the G. And I feel curious about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell. Brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there, welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Uh, this is the show where, well, basically, I'm on a quest to find friends, uh, make friends, enhance existing friendships using the podcast format. And as always, in my efforts, I am aided or hurt by the addition of two other people, Sonam Obsessian, my assistant. Sonam, do you think you help me? I think I help you a lot. Do you think you help me in my everyday life? I think you would be lost without me. Okay. As my assistant- I think you need me in your life. Okay. And I think you should give me a raise. And okay. I think you should just continue- Remember the time me. Remember the time you told me you wanted to live in Santa Monica near the beach? And so I gave you a raise just so you could live near the beach in Santa Monica. Remember that time? <sighs> do you remember that time? I do. I really wish you would exercise just some sort of humility and just not say that story that makes you look so good. I think that you should just do nice things without having to talk about them on a podcast that a lot of people are listening to. I do too. But once Sona wanted to live near the beach in Santa Monica. Oh my and God. And she didn't have enough money. And I said, well, how much money would you need? So I gave her a raise to cover it so she could live there. So I'm a good guy and that proves it. Hey, and also- Oh my God. 
<laughs> Matt Gorley is here. You're Matt, so how are you? Awful. Matt, how are you? I'm good. I'd sure love to live in Santa Monica. <laughs> well, what do you? Well, how much money do you need to make it happen? You know what I might do? I will write you a blank check. Sounds great. And then you just fill in the amount. Okay. Because I help people, and this is being recorded and going out there. I help people. Yeah, this is being guy. recorded and going out there. Yeah. It's on record. Yes. Okay. So it's on record that I'm a good guy. We're all agreed. And then oh you're giving God. me a blank check. Let's move on. All right. Because that got awkward and I'm embarrassed that it came out that I'm so nice. <laughs> embarrassed and ashamed. I'm very excited about our guests today. These are some young whippersnappers, some young kids. Some <laughs> Young whippersnappers. These are blazing fast guns with hot hands. Oh, God. I'm talking, of course, about Middleditch and Schwartz. Yes. These guys, Thomas Middleditch, Ben Schwartz, are extremely talented, and they improvise, which I'm told is where there's no script. It's a high-wire act where somebody says something, and then you say something, and then someone else says something, and before you know it, you've made magic. I don't understand it. Uh, I want to question these gentlemen about their, their tricks. They're going to be performing soon at the Wiltern, Tuesday on March 26th. If you've not seen them, they are a delight. I'm being serious here. Middle Edition Schwartz, the will turn Tuesday, March 26th. Doors are at 7 p.m. The show is at 8 p.m. Don't know what you'll be doing for an hour, but that's your problem, not mine. Yeah, bring a, bring a Ouija board and some uh, beef jerky to kill an hour. Tickets, <laughs> Ouija board. tickets at middleditchandschwartz.com. Gentlemen, gentlemen, it's an honor. Thank you for being here. I'm coming after you hard today. I would love it. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Because I resent oh. your youth okay. oh, shit. and your fun approach to comedy. Wow. It enrages me. Wow. You're okay. both these young, funny guys. He's taking off garments of clothing while he's doing this. Why yes. are you getting nude, dude? Uh, well, because, first of all, you need to see what a body this age Jesus looks like. Christ. This yes. is what happens to a male body Oof. when a lot of years go by. And I'm sick of you guys pretending it's all good because mm. we're improvising well, and it's all fun. Right. I'll Look at you. this. Look at whoa, whoa, this. Whoa, I'll tell you whoa, what, Look at this. Pants are off now. Jesus Look at that. Christ. That's what we look got that, to look forward That used to. to be a penis. You wear long johns? Yes. Used to be. Look at it. It's huge, but I can't feel anything. Oh, it's dead meat. It does nothing. And this is the part of the podcast where I say that was tightly scripted. Conan Thomas and I wrote that about a month ago. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. we've been workshopping it. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. in Canada because we didn't want anyone to see it. No, not Judd in Apatow gave us notes. Yes. Of all people. Mm -hmm. That's right. Notes, 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 guys. He said it could be longer. Yeah, he did. <laughs> the penis, not the bit. Hello. Listen, oh. I'm sorry. I went for a joke and you're not supposed to do that in improv. Improv is not supposed to have... Uh, laughs. Laughs. Nobody's supposed to laugh in improv. There shouldn't yeah. be laughing and I just committed mm -hmm. uh, an error. Fraud. Uh, but I, I, I wanted to talk to you guys because you're young. It's all fun. Uh, you're hilarious guys, and the whole thing pisses me off. <laughs> I just, it just enrages me. Uh, I see you uh, having fun in comedy. Uh, I never had fun. It, it was, was always, always a stressful uh, thing. It was stressful. Uh, people lost their lives in my day. Wow. We've lost many good people in comedy. And then you guys come along with your long hair and your jazz cigarettes yeah. and your cool approach. And uh, I just wanted to- hey, 
Hey, I what brand to... of cigarette is that? Oh, it's jazz. <laughs> <laughs> and that's jazz. <laughs> Middle Edition Schwartz Company presents jazz flavored cigarettes. Come on, cigarettes, you know how. <laughs> and all that jazz. <laughs> no, see, right now I'm laughing, and you didn't put any effort into it. You just had fun. Oh, and I don't like it. He's taking off his skin now. He's taking oh, off his uh, actual you're skin. You're going to now. look at my skeleton, Ew. and you're going to see how angry I am. That you youngsters are improvising. Oh, old Conan Bones. I love Conan Bones. <laughs> Conan Bones. <laughs> did you ever on your show have, uh, when you instead of a stand-up, did you ever have a comedy act where it was an improviser or a sketch or something like that, or not really? Uh, we never really had pure improv. It's funny because I'd like to clarify something. I did come in hot. And I did come in fast and hard, and mm. I, I went after you guys. I mean, you took off your goddamn skin. <laughs> I took off my skin, and now I am a chattering Mr. Bones skeleton. And jangles over here. This is a pretty spooky podcast. Yeah, always says right. a job offer is coming in from Pirates of the Caribbean. Hey, hey you right. best believe in ghost stories. Johnny You're D, in one. you guys jealous much? Johnny D, Orlando B. Um, Listen, you're gonna people are gonna have to listen to this podcast several times to get all the references. <laughs> it's, it's pretty Pirates of the Caribbean. This is, yeah, this is the first That's podcast hard. I've done so far where people are gonna have to listen to it nine times. Yeah, with a Wikipedia page <laughs> open. Yeah, yeah. Duos are are, are make them up fellows on the on the show. Show. Well, no, what I was gonna say is that we have the the from the late night show all through the years the different incarnations of twenty five years of what's pretty much acknowledged to be foolish bullshittery. Mm. Uh, the improvisational part was always in the uh, interviews. We never did, I don't think, pure improv on the show because I always had this feeling that I started out in improv. I mean, as a performer, I started I out in know improv. That. Yeah, I what started out- improv team? Um, that sounded aggressive and questioning like a police detective. Well, it's probably like uh, Toast Monkey or something. You know oh, what? This oh, Ben, no, you were in Harvard, weren't you? So that would be your improv team. No, oh. no, I didn't do improv there. Oh, uh, I did. Uh, I didn't do improv there. I did uh, when I first came out to LA in 1985. I immediately wanted to do improv. Wow. I knew that I that's what I wanted to do. And this is back when people were doing improv, but it wasn't. It was I like knew that I form, wanted like with a re- with a guy who's like okay we're gonna play this game yes and yeah and I so I went in L A it was the Groundlings so the first heard of them her, first thing I did was called the Groundlings they said no uh, we're full up and I and I right now for classes and I said well I really want to get started and they said okay there's a class you can take a woman named Cynthia Segetti uh. she teaches it at the old Coronet Theater on yeah La that's, we perform at Largo there now yes and now it's Largo but there's a little tiny room across the alleyway and she said and they said this woman Cynthia Segetti teaches a class there and you literally go in and put like a twenty dollar bill in a jar I love it and you go into this room and I went into the room. There was a class of people. Some were doing it. I mean, one woman, I'm not kidding, was doing the the uh, improv. She was an older woman who had had a stroke, Ooh. and her doctor had told her this would be good physical therapy for you. God, that's oh, comedy wow. gold. I'm sorry, and, but and, that's great. And um, she was doing it, and she, you know, God bless her, she would get up there and she would do scenes. And th- But that was the caliber of, you had her, and then at the other end of the spectrum, a young woman who's also just fresh out of college, uh, like myself, 
who immediately I thought, man, she's good, yeah. Lisa Kudrow. Oh, wow. And we became friends in that class, mm-hmm. and then uh, we both used to kiss talk about oh, yes we used to kiss <laughs> did yes. you guys kiss well we kissed first of all the old lady and i were seeing each other of course oh, right because right. that was also part of her physical therapy <laughs> nice. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry you still got it dude you, you still, still got, got it. it you know what is that what you guys came to see today? yeah 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 Does i want to see i want to see you shoot it out of the gun yeah all right, right out of that okay. big old gun all right let's you know let's uh let's, let's settle down fellas you know because again you're having fun with comedy and you're yeah. young and it's getting me pissed we're just trying to have a good time well that's not Damn it. That's not the point of this. Right. The point of this is to suffer, <laughs> make choices, and then regret them. That's true. Okay. Comedy should be hard and arduous. Yes, exactly. There are like, people who like say that. my wedding night. Oh, oh boy. I don't think the like, audience has heard this character yet. This is a character I do who's just awful. And he makes awful jokes. And I he's love an him. awful guy. And I don't have a name for him. And that's why you improvisers will come up with one. Oh, I, oh we I, think of incredible names. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking like Blodney Crangerfield. Yeah, I'm like thinking of Blodney Blodney. Blanger, what is it? Blodney Blangerfield? I don't know. Crodney Blangerfield? Crodney Blangerfield? Crodney's great. <laughs> yeah. Crodney, what are you doing? Get off the stage, Crodney. Yeah, I'll get off the stage when I have stage four cancer. Oh, Whoa. my God. <laughs> Crodney. You and lost the fu- whole audience, Crodney. They're leaving. Yeah, yeah fuck him. Yeah, who needs him? He needs his own adult swim show. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him getting 11 minutes. <laughs> yeah, he, keep it in the 11-minute 11 11 format. Minute Boom. Yeah. So anyway, back to my story, which everyone wants to hear. <laughs> you and Lisa Kudrow? Uh, no, we, we would do improv together. And Was it short form or long form? Was it like a little, game, a little game? We tried. Longer. No, no, we tried all kinds of things. Mm. And I went through the experience of, you know, we did uh, groundings classes, but we also experimented and joined other groups. We we joined mm. one group that Poly. performed in the basement of the Scientology Center. Oh. Uh, and so our group had nothing to do with the Scientology Center, but they rented out their sure. theater to us. Nice. So people that came to see our show We'd say, come see us at the Scientology Center. And so many people thought that we were trying to get them to join Scientology, but we weren't. We were just saying, look, that's your choice, but this is where we're doing our show. That's Admission is free, but you did have to get your mitochlorians <laughs> registered. Yes, or exactly. Absolutely. But, uh, but anyway, I started out in improv. I love messing around with other comedy people and playing. But when it came to the show, I always thought, because my background was as a writer, we got to stop. And stop goofing around. Go- yeah. Goofing around. Well, no, goof around, get the good stuff, but then sit down and write it and, right. and, and go through the, uh, the part of making it presentable and ready for television. So when you do your sketches, though, are they word perfect? Is it like exactly what you and your writing team wrote back in the day, late night or even now? Yeah, they no? were always uh, pretty much. Uh, on the, you do exactly what the cue cards were kind of. Yes, because sometimes oh. when they would get really conceptual, we we wanted, I always wanted it to reflect yeah. what the writer came up with. You sorkened it. Sorkened it, yes. Yeah. We, uh, and so I would still improv in front of an audience um, scares the shit out of me. It gives and you the heaps. It does. It, it, I've had to, uh, recently, a friend of mine who I did improv with way back in the day, a really funny guy, Mike Castagnola, he passed and we had uh, sort of a memorial show for him and they asked me to come and perform at it. And I was in the alley about to go on and play improv games in front of an audience and I was petrified. I was yeah. much more, and I've done scary things in show business, but I was just, I was right back to 1985, 86, 87 and scared out of my mind 
about yes. doing improv. It's crazy. I have the opposite experience. Whenever I go up uh, the odd few times, I'll go up and do stand-up. I'm just, I'm like, this is, why do I do this to myself? Stand-up seems terrifying. I used to do stand-up very be- at the beginning of my career, and it was far more terrifying to me than improv. But also in improv, when Thomas and I are up on stage, or even at the beginning, when you fail, you fail with somebody. Yes. You know what I mean? And so when it you very succeed. Much, it matters who you're failing with. Like, there'll be if I get thrust into a bunch of people I don't know, I'll be like, okay, I wonder how this is thing this thing's going to go. But I could probably go into just about any old situation with this, this fuck. Whoa. This fucking tool. Jesus, Thomas, and, say something uh, nice. Yeah. Have he a, was gesturing a uh, to a, a Catholic bishop. Yeah. Yes, there's a bishop behind <laughs> but I love bishop. In the Ben's a great guy, but this fucking asshole. Thanks, dude. What is this guy that works here? with the poor in Calcutta? I don't, I don't give a shit. Fuck him. Spreading your lies, you <laughs> pedo. <laughs> no, but, oh my God, but you know what? Okay, that's nice. Uh, yeah, pedo. Here he comes. We're like Pedialyte. Great. The stuff that you uh, drink when you have diarrhea. Yeah. Don't do your yeah. fucking ads in the middle of our act, cry. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield? It's Rodney Blangerfield. Okay. You. I don't want to get sued by the Dangerfield people. <laughs> you're so you're on a thin line. You're on a thin line of getting sued. If we stick to Blangerfield and don't mention Dangerfield, yeah, no worries about a lawyer. See, your accent is totally different than it was at the beginning, Rodney. I, I like, Rodney. That's because I've had several strokes. another stroke since. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm rapidly deteriorating due to an occlusion. <laughs> I like to. I like getting this glimpse into. To seeing what Conan thinks improv is. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, aren't we having fun? Sure, I think I can do it. Uh, let me see here. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've always wanted to. I, I've always really liked the idea of, of me being a guy who is on stage like you two are brilliant improvisers you're up there you're you're doing this brilliant improv and I come out and I'm just angered <laughs> angered by it and I'm like now stop it now no no turning into you're not gonna turn into a cowboy you're not gonna turn into a horse this just- isn't a doctor's office damn it <laughs> this is a stage you're making it up on the spot it makes no sense you have a candle and a yeah. big nightgown yeah this is not comedy as I've come to know it <laughs> now I'll do the setup and then you do the joke about Trump and that'll be that Jesus. Um, well, no, I, I, this improv thing is it is like a, an elusive uh, medium, I would say. And I, I get why, you know, like writing comedy and sketch, you know, and a lot of sketches is very influential for me. And obviously, when you're uh, producing a television show or something of that nature, you can look at the script, you can preview it, you can kind of like, you have a sense of what it's going to be like. And actually, it's the quest that Ben and I are on is somehow like, how are we going to, how are we going to like, Put our our what we do on stage and translate it through a screen. Whenever we do shows, we make a big point of there's no photography, no uh, recording, right? Because we want people to have an experience in the moment, and also the idea is that this show will only exist for this show. Yes, no other character, no other joke. It's just so we're gonna have someone together, which is such a special and fun feeling. The audience, I feel like, enjoys it. But then now that we're like, hey, we should try to make a special, and someone's like, well, what is it? We're like, well, we literally have. Zero footage of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I I applaud that. I think it's very cool that you, and I hesitate to use the word because it sounds too highfalutin, but, uh, but, but sacred, you know, Mm. it is, if you, if you wall off the experience and say, this is happening right now and it's totally about you two working off of each other. I, that's a beautiful thing. Mm. I think that's that's great. Yeah. But we, I We're guess we should say us. what we kind of do. We we 
We get a Thomas or well Thomas will ask a question to the crowd and it'll be a real question and we say at the beginning don't make a joke out of it. Right. So one of the questions we'll have like follow up answers. Yes. Follow up questions. One of the questions. What's the one that we've used more than once? Uh, it's what do you? What's something coming up in the near future that you're either excited about or dreading right. or nervous about? And so someone will say you know marriage or some, who knows what they'll say. Then we get into context of what that means for them, why they're nervous, where they're from. We learn and then then we we talk to the audience just to get them comfortable and then we start we say okay guys now here comes the show nobody talks the rest of the show and then for an hour we make up everything there's nobody else and what we do is we have one story throughout there's no edits it's not short form anything it's just uh there's no edits yeah yeah i don't know you i was looking at you okay because you made eyes at me like now i will speak and i was looking at you as you say and you froze like a an elk in front of a semi it's social cues it's they're tough sometimes okay uh there's a bunch of premises that I agree with. I, I um, like doctor what, patient and like di- first date. You know, premises. I was really going someplace profound. <laughs> oh man, say it to me. Say it to me. No, no, no. Because you know, middle Conan is so desperate for a laugh. I, I got a couple more goofs if you want. You know, and no, that's not what I'm about. I've never been about jokes and bits. Conan, uh, your dish sh- is out. Is that what that is? <laughs> Whoa! I thought the fire department left a hose behind. He's back, baby! That's right. My name's Blodney Blangerfield. Are you sure? Are you I'm sure? I'm not that's sure. Your name? I don't even sound like I did when the podcast started. Uh, now there's a slur. Blodney, really, it's true. I really think I'm dying. <laughs> no, wait, say your say your point. Uh, the point is, I have. That's at, amazing. I have. I have. At, I have at times uh, been in improv situations. Where I, where I thought the audience was being overly generous, right. and it bothered me because there's something implied sometimes in certain improv situations where the audience is being really supportive, like almost oh, yeah. overly supportive. Yeah, and people will make a choice that isn't that funny or there's sure. not productive, and people are like, "No, we just you're making it up, and we really appreciate it." And I and and that I am a self-loathing sort <laughs> that would bother me. It would yeah. bother me when I thought the audience was there to help us through this journey mm. as opposed to, because I, I don't know, I felt that um, it, it hit some nerve with me that just wants probably things to be difficult. Yeah. No, I know and what you mean. You want to earn I, I think it. You ex- I, I think I, I definitely see that a lot with kind of like, uh, what do I want to say, like younger shows, like people who are kind of early on in their, in their improv, because yeah. you're, you need, you want to be supportive, like to have to. People in the crowd are like maybe your classmates. That's, old, that's a cliche. Is yes, when sometimes is when people are doing improv, half the crowd is friends that are there to bolster them. Yeah, yeah, and like they're just the, like the mattress, and they're encouraged. And it's you know, a great mattress, but I oh, will talk about that later. Should we talk about that? That's now? an ad. That's no, no, no. You know, speaking of ads, I should take a quick break. Yeah, yeah. Let's and talk then about. We'll come you back. should, but will you? Yes, I will. Oh, of course. It's time for the segment Conan O'Brien pays off the mortgage on his beach house. Yep, but I'm chipping away at it. It's nice you enlisted all of our help to help you pay off the mortgage on your beach house. Oh, please don't tell me you're not getting a little something out of this. I don't have a beach house. Yeah, I don't have a beach house. You don't either, right, Mm -hmm. Matt? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this is getting awkward. Yeah. There's a uh, very powerful movement in America right now to go after... Uh, people that have a beach house <laughs> and take it from them, give it to the masses. Maybe that's what I'll do. I might donate it. Listen. To me and Matt? Yeah. No. I'll see to it that you never get it. <laughs> what? So anyway, here we go. 
Sona, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there, California. <laughs> California, Sona. No matter where California. you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident, so are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. It's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Okay. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it. Just take it down. I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loud speaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. (laughs) I was telling people no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified Unified business business management management suite. suite. You said that. Yeah. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis. 
netsuite.com slash Conan. We're back. I'm here with uh, Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Uh, terrible, terrible lawyers. <laughs> Can I say something to what you were saying when you're saying when you almost like the audience was kind of on your side too much at the beginning? I do a show which Thomas has done with me many times called Snow Pants. And what we'll do is it'll be a bunch of improvisers. And then um, one person who's never done improv before, but is many times a big celebrity. Conan. Oh, you could, of course, do it whenever you want. We do it for charity. So, but big like, ce- like big celebrity? Like J.J. Like, Abrams did it, and like Jane eh. Fonda, Blake Griffin did it, and okay. all these people Those are did B-listers. It. Of course, yeah. I'm sorry. Conan O'Brien <laughs> would want to do it. I think of J.J., and we're friends, and I just want to get that out there. But I think of him as a behind-the-camera guy. Of course, of so course. that puts him on a B-list. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, like Letterman, Leno. Letterman, all Leno have all done it. Yeah, Colbert did it. Corn did it. Um, Letterman did it. You know what? I know for a fact Letterman and Leno love improv. <laughs> they <laughs> love sure it. it. What they love, love it. is getting out into a situation where it's just no jokes, <laughs> and you just go, you just feel it out in the uh, moment. They live for it. Yeah. Yes. I was lucky enough to do both of those shows as a guest, and I think you are absolutely correct that it was Zip, just... Zap, zap. They were they they were just like, they, before both interviews, they came up to me and they said, you know what? Let's just fucking throw out the questions and do whatever you want to yeah, do. I was like, really? David, yeah. really? Yeah. Let's just um, expose our... Let's just, you know, just play it loose. See what happens. <laughs> let's not write our jokes. Um, uh, but yeah, I'll say... Yeah, I'm not really a joke guy. Uh, your Letterman this, is really weird. This is Letterman uh, when he's had some helium. <laughs> And he's been crushed. He's been crushed in a car accident. Oh no! He's really yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm David Letterman. So when those celebrities come out, the audience, because we also introduce it when when we do the show, we introduce it that this person never did improv before, you know, and they're with people who've been doing it for 20 years. They will get laughs just for the attempt at the yep. beginning. Yep. But and I think that goes to what your point is, especially if you go on stage because you know uh, you've been doing this for a long time and people want to laugh and they're rooting for you. But I will say after that first six seven minutes then it's they're on their own then well, it's like this that. is what uh, you just brought up something that i find to be actually very refreshing i have found over the years and years and years that i've been doing uh, television that when a when a big celebrity does a surprise walk on mm-hmm. there is two minutes of yay 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 and grace period after that they're judged on their performance. And I, I find that to be kind of beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had the luxury of being able to interview some of the biggest stars in the world and they come out and people are like, oh my God, this is amazing. But then uh, audiences and any, this is just any audience. This is an audience that waited in line in New York City or Burbank and they come in and oh my God, there they are. If that massive celebrity then starts to betray that they're egotistical or that they're out of touch, mm-hmm. or if they start to um, kind of drift or bore people, audience checks out. Yeah, yep. And I've always said, I kind of love that, that there is a great democratic uh, leveling that sure. happens when people, and if I walked out in one of your shows, I think there'd be, you know, uh, there'd be a brief moment of, oh my God, it's him. And oh my God, what a body, 
you know, you don't yeah, see course, it because he's sitting down. Applause a lot. break for yeah. the body, yeah. and 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 you know, he is the best of course. comic ever. <laughs> and people just shitting their pants. That would probably go on for forty minutes. Well, then four. cleaning up the shit that'll take another fifteen. It doesn't take that long if you use oh. a, a high power hose. Wait for the ad part. High power hose. What are we talking about? My cock again? Fuck. Okay, you're Sammy Davis Jr. Now you're literally Sammy Davis Jr. I know. I'm Bodney Blanger. Oh, uh, you're anyway, Bodney now. I, I can't. Remember when I laid oh out God, before? Now it's sad. Oh now my God. it's sad. He's losing his memory. Your whole left arm is just frozen now. Dementia. Uh, am I Alzheimer's. in comedy? Uh, He's on the ground. Thomas, get the defibrillator. I can't. Oh. Yes, and. I, uh, Clear. Ah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we all wanted better. it. We all wanted now it. I'm better, and uh, I don't like jokes anymore. I just want to find it naturally through improv. Oh, there you go. Cool. Have a good day. This. Walk through these banana peels real quick on your way out. Make oh, sure not no to problem. Whoa! <laughs> I did my own sound effects. Uh, <laughs> no, I um, I well, can't remember what we were talking. Well, you said talking when about you clubs and there. stuff. I think it's I I, I I the show is yours to win, and mm-hmm. after it's yours to lose. And we want people to leave and be like, wow, you know, like oh, I can't believe they made up that up on the spot, but also like, well, I want to do that. That looks like when I saw Longfort for the first time, I was like, I want to do that so yes, bad. I don't yes. want to inspire anyone. There's enough. <laughs> There's enough people doing improv. You're right, uh, but, yes. are, but you know what? There aren't enough of podcasts, my man. Which is why I got into this game. Hey, Hell congrats, yeah. by the way. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah. Top podcast. Yeah. I heard you guys beat Oprah. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Everyone downstairs is like, hey, here we beat Oprah. You know what? Every In every endeavor that I've attempted in my life, mm-hmm. I've beaten Oprah. Every really? single one. Yes. I came out with an ag- a magazine called C. Oh, yeah. Destroyed O. That's incredible. Yeah. You came out with the color orange instead of the color purple that really crushed. Yeah. I did, and that movie won twice as many Oscars. Are you serious? Yep. I must have missed the Oscars. A lot of stuff is happening in my imagination where I beat Oprah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, I had a daytime talk show. I'm listening. And it was the most watched talk show of all time by women. What was it called? Wow. It was called Conan. Are you sure? Yeah. Daytime Conan. You know, we actually have Oprah here. Uh, can we bring her in? I'd rather you did. Are you sure? We have Oprah. Uh, Dib's right not here. doing an Oprah impression. I'd rather you did. Dib's not. I don't. We'll think. do that also when there's a. I'd rather just... Oprah not come in and confront me about these facts because we'll... no, but you know it. it it's very interesting to Dib's me. There's not so... doing Oprah. Yeah. yeah. There's there's something there's there's something I'll save you from yourselves. Yes. Uh, I have noticed something over the years. It's something actually that I think I first noticed with Johnny Carson, uh, who I, I know is. Uh, and he was this guy that I would watch. Uh, it's ridiculous now that I explain to younger people about Johnny Carson. Johnny C. Uh, Johnny C. Uh, when I say, oh my God, the legend Carson, they think I'm talking about Carson Daly. And, uh, oh, wow. And it would be yeah. from Glass Call. Yeah, exactly. Call. Yeah. And, I have and to that's exp- your hero. He is, actually. I patterned everything I've done on Carson Daly. Uh, <laughs> but Johnny Carson, I used to notice on his best of reels, when he would, or best of compilations, most of it was not written sketches. Most of it was him playing in the moment. It was him toying in a moment with something that had gone wrong. Mm. So there'd been a mistake. Something had gone off the rails. A guest had misspoken. Yeah. Or famously, he, someone threw the tomahawk and it hit the crotch accidentally, which is you know the iconic talk show mistake of all time. And the guy went to remove it and Johnny stopped him and just soaked up the applause because mm-hmm. when the tomahawk hit the uh, silhouette, it looked like suddenly the silhouette had a, a an erect penis. And this is in like 1963. 
And Johnny stopped him and said, welcome to Frontier Briss. And it was like this massive, like one of the biggest laughs in TV history for like 20 years. It was a mistake. And he played in the moment. And I've always noticed that my favorite moments on the late night show are mistakes. Yeah, It's always been someone misspeaks, someone, something goes off the rails and you acknowledge it and you play with it. And audiences sense it. I really do think humans know when something is not artificial. I don't know how they know the difference, but they know the difference. I also think that's why on talk shows, why like letter, I was a page for Letterman, and that's why you had like Jack Hanna on all the time because you never knew what the fuck those animals were going to do, right? And you knew you were going to get a moment that's like, oh no, what's happening? What's going to happen? You know what that's I mean? And silly I, monkey. Yeah. Well, Sona, you can speak to this. Hi, Sona. Hi. Sona. Hello. Sona came with me when I did this. Uh, <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> now that's better. That's the voice we know. Hey, Sona, have you met Blodney Blangerfield? No, Sona, say no, say no. 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 Please, please don't. <laughs> please don't. I've actually met him before in the office a few times. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't mean the TV show in the office. Yeah. Oh, no, he's we, sick again. We weren't oh, confused. God, we God. weren't confused. <laughs> no, but Sona, you'll, you'll speak to this. I decided to do this uh, stand-up tour with a lot of stand-up comedians that I really like mm-hmm. that had, had had been on my show. And during the period of time when we were changing our show format, I went out on the road. And for the first time in my life, I developed an act. I had ideas of um, different things that, that I would do. And I w- popped up in different clubs and tried it out. But here's what was interesting to me. I had this act that was working. Mm-hmm. You know, it was... It, it, did what it needed to do, and 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 it was it was very autobiographical. It was about me, but I knew where the laughs were. But what happened is, I would do the act, and that was fine. And then at the end, on the on the spur of the moment, the first night of the show, I think in Washington D.C., I decided to just take questions from the audience, and that turned into for me anyway the highlight. And I started to feel a little bit like, yeah, I got to go out and do the act. You know, yeah. this is after we did 18 cities. I think we did almost 20, 20 uh, shows or something in 18 cities. I think after a while, I started to feel like I'll go do the act and that's fine. But I was really looking forward to the happening that was the Q&A because it would get out of control. People right. would get up and say, I don't like my boss. And I would say, get him on the phone. And we'd- You could play. You yeah. could play. I could play and, I, and, and people could see the difference. Yeah. They could smell the difference Absolutely. that Conan's really playing now. And it's not that they didn't like the act, but I felt the joie de sort vivre. of purity, the joie de vivre, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The joie well, I de think, vivre. I think that also has a lot to do, and, and this goes along with your improv, it has a lot to do with using people in the audience who aren't involved in your act, but are just you know, they're, they're, it's pure moments where yes. they're just real people who are asking questions. Right. It's it's real people who you're getting information from. And yeah. Automatically, you have a connection to the audience because you're incorporating them. Yeah. Right. Humans like to watch humans, like, figure it out. I yes. Guess. They like, you know, uh, Lauren Michaels said once. Um, get out of my office. Yeah, get out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> That's my wallet. Um, <laughs> no, Lauren Michaels said to me once, uh, I think I had had... 
a guest who was difficult and you know i was there this is you know probably like 1995 you gotta understand 95 oh god yeah, i know Jesus. But but anyway, hamilton hadn't been invented yet yeah <laughs> that actually this is before alexander hamilton was born wow uh, so Jesus. we still have a ton of time. yeah uh the musical was out and no one understood it Oh, they wrote the musical before. That's oh, yeah. insane. No, what? Hamilton was born to justify the musical. <laughs> Are you oh. serious? Yeah. The musical was written in 1685. So was he an orphan? Was he a bastard orphan? Not really. He did all those things. He had parents, had but he, he had to kill them. He, so he wow. had to justify the play. Yeah, because he's, he's a stem cell kid. I had no idea. Yeah, they grew him. Oh, um, okay. But he told me once, I had a really difficult guest, and Lawrence said, people like to watch you work. They And I thought... That's interesting. They do. People could identify with me. I'm there with the difficult guest. I'm mm -hmm. trying. I keep rolling up my sleeves and jumping back in and trying. And they appreciated seeing someone who they knew yeah. working in the moment to try and uh, and failing, but <laughs> trying. And I think- It's also that, different from what they're used to. They probably see you do these interviews in a particular way and they see that it's going differently so that, you know what I mean? They can watch as you're trying to build it back on track. Yes. And so those became, some of those became, I mean, I, I learned to appreciate mistakes. These are all things I realize I, I learned in improv. I just had to relearn them on the late night show, which mm. is be honest with the audience. Mm -hmm. Yep. I don't, if a joke doesn't work, I never pretend it does. Mm -hmm. uh, if, a, if something happens in a moment, I acknowledge that it happened. And also one of the first pieces of advice that I got in improv is I, my teacher noticed I had a really quick mind. Uh, this woman, Cynthia Segetti, and she was very uh, important to me because I was doing really well in the class and always getting laughs. And she said that she wanted to talk to me after the class. And I thought, yeah, probably to give me a medal for oh, being the wow. best improviser ever. I was getting, I was a pretty cocky 22-year-old guy. And she said, um, don't think too much up there. You're mm -hmm. letting your brain, you know, lead the way. Your writer's brain is getting in the way. Mm -hmm. You're planning too much. You're thinking too much. And I thought, this is not what I expected. Right. I thought I was going to be rewarded for my strength. And it's the whole yin-yang in improv and in comedy, yeah. if you're thinking too much and you're trying to be too clever, you lose. That's just as much as if you're, right. you know. That's literally the uh, mantra of a of a home that we spent some time at with UCB. D don't, yes, don't think. Well, you know, one of the things that really I was envious of. There you go. There you go, Amy. Free yeah. plug. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, Is Polar listening to this right now? <laughs> Amy Polar. I first thing I do when we finish the podcast is we put it on a wax cylinder. Are you oh, serious? And we have someone take it to her house so she can she listen does to it. Wax That's crazy. Yeah, cylinder. and and it's all the UCB people, uh, um, not just Amy. Besser, uh, Ian Roberts, all of them. Okay. And uh, but one of the things that. First of all, as a plug to UCB, one of the things I'm internally grateful for is um, when we were doing the late night show, all those improvisers were in New York. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The UCB people, and we used them to perform the comedy on yeah. our show. And we always had this just great luck. And oh my God, wait a minute. Amy Poehler was playing Andy's sister, mm -hmm. uh, Ian. Besser, Walsh, all these people would come in at the drop of a hat mm. and do these amazing performances for yeah. us. And I'm realizing we just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Right. And, uh, and your writing staff was composed of probably half improvisers too, because Stack yes. and McCann and yep. Glazer. All the, uh, we always had great improvisers and still do mm -hmm. uh, uh, on staff, but, but um, 
our secret weapon in in my career has always been working with great improvisers. And I and I started this all to say that UCB, for example, I was a little envious that that didn't exist when I came out to LA. I remember yeah. feeling a little jealous, like yeah. the, UCB, I was just jealous that it didn't, it wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I, cause I think their approach to improv is very pure. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think they have the correct philosophy. Yeah. There's a funny, there's a funny, uh, because I, I have a lot of admiration for both forms. We got to call it which one's better in the end. Yeah. For You'll the, tell we, us we'll at get the end. There. Yeah, but, but, but uh, I've had improv friends roll their eyes and say, oh my God, stand up. I can't bear it. I can't watch someone do their oh. act. I can't. And I've also had stand-ups sort of say, oh, yes. you know, making it up as you go along. How about crafting it ahead yeah. of time? Yeah. And I, it's interesting how there's a little bit of a, Maybe an unspoken Hatfield McCoy, you know, uh, <laughs> you know it's a so feud dumb. between it's the very two. Strange. We've never performed a show at a stand-up theater. Like someone, I literally met someone from that worked at the Laugh Factory, and they're like, "Oh, have you ever been?" I was like, "It's weird. I've never been to the Laugh Factory, the Improv, oh. Comedy Store, any of them." But I we've have. done UCB, and we, well, I don't do stand-up. And then give it a try. Yeah, I did at the beginning, but um, I, and then. For improvisers, there's some stand-up shows, but it's very rare that you get a mix of one show that's both. Um, and it's weird. And also, by the way, if you do the Groundlings track and we're doing, and I'm doing the UCB track, we might never meet each other. Like I'm yep. meeting improvisers now uh, that we came up at the same time, but because we did different theaters, I never even met them before. Right. And they're great. Well, uh, I love your approach and I am very confident that if any two people can crack long form uh, as a uh, TV show. Okay. I, I really honestly, no joking around, think you guys uh, can do it. I also think this is a great time, very great time in in broadcasting because there is so much content out there yeah. that I think, uh, and with the Netflix of it all and the total expansion of available platforms, mm-hmm. and I even, I hate the word platforms, but I'm saying it. Media um, platform outlet. Media platform outlet uh, integration, uh, confirmation, uh, segregation. Here comes the bishop again. Insemination. Uh, the um, did someone say insemination? Shit. He's back. Stay under the table, dude. Yeah, if I'm under the table, I know what I'm doing. I don't know why me. I set you up. Yeah, yeah. it was your crotch because of a blowjob. What? Yeah. We get the joke. You're under the table blowing one of us. Yeah. Why'd you I make- I was you... worried you guys didn't get it with under the we table. We got it. So I laid out more information. Why are you picking your nose? Because I'm- Blaine Oh, no, he's going again. Get the defibrillator. <laughs> he's being bad. Get him, get him, get him. No. no. Let him die? Let him die. Okay. <laughs> Any last words? It's his time. Eee. Oh, he brought his own heart monitor. His own heart monitor. brought his own heart monitor. Oh. Later, no. later in heaven, <laughs> we cut to we cut heaven gates. Hey, uh, uh, hey, I'm up in heaven now. Yeah, um, we're the broads. Yeah, okay, uh, go back later in hell. <laughs> hey, welcome to hell. Oh, that's the devil. Hey, it's me, Johnny Devil. Oh, Johnny Devil. Yes. So it's just a coincidence that your last name is Devil. Yes, I'm not the man who runs this place. You married into it. I'm married into it. I think I'm doing a pretty good good job. I'll tell you where everything is. Okay. You, sir, you just came down from heaven, huh? Yeah. 
they didn't like me there because they say I lay out too much information with my jokes. Later, back on Earth. And clear. Uh. I'm back. No. Shit. Hell didn't want me. Fuck that. I yeah. told you it wasn't enough time. Yeah, they said I lay out too much information for my show. Jesus Christ. So I guess now I live forever. Speaking of living forever, that's what it feels like to be married to my wife. Beep. <laughs> hey, why are you making that noise? I just took apart what you laid out. Okay, listen. To pay you to a compliment, I, uh, I'm i delighted that uh, you two are in the world and being so damn funny. And Ugh. I mean, it's crazy. You're playing Carnegie Hall. You're going to do long form improv at Carnegie Hall. It's crazy. That is a testament to what you two are doing mm. and uh, you're on the right track. Yeah, I would, I would be honored to jump on stage and ruin... <laughs> ruin your rhythm at any time you know would be a dream seriously awesome. that yeah. means so much coming from you it, it means quite a bit yes. uh well i think we're going to end this uh podcast right now actually i say we go on for a cool 30 more cool 30 i think so too but as prospectors who uh -huh. have wheels for feet <laughs> dad burn it i can't get up this hill because my feet are wheels how am i gonna pay him for gold if i can't get up no hill daddy mommy i can't get up the hill because of my feet the blue wheels yep three prospectors with feet as well yep and curtain don't you wish a curtain would actually come down <laughs> <to> <laughs> <the> <laughs> a heavy a heavy one that's squeaky too yeah. <laughs> Bang. Yeah, a and it does come dangerous. up. That's what come up. And there's always this stage manner. I decide, like a tech guy. Like, God, <laughs> damn, Jesus, I ready. told <laughs> you, like getting mad on the earpiece. I'm getting. Get us. Can someone get us? I just want to make sure Gorley isn't here today, but make sure that we get a big old curtain here for the podcast. Oh, that's we can great. have it come crashing okay. down at the end. Sure. That's going to be money well spent. <laughs> Something I'm, no one will ever oh, see. Yeah, a visual gag for a podcast. Guys, thank you very much for being here. Oh, you can't see it, but I'm shaking their hands. What a good hand. Oh, Terrible handshake, but what a we fun didn't have time. a we had it was a bad too one. far away. It was too far away. This was a pleasure, Thomas. Now you say something. I think it served its purpose. Oh <laughs> fuck! <laughs> Shit! What a tool. <laughs> he All did right. great. Peace out. Too Ew! What? No. <laughs> say, like, make it end in a real way. At least say oh. like one love Don't or say Ja Rule. Peace out. <laughs> Middle ditch and Schwartz. That was that. Perfect. Yikes! Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! It's time for a segment called Conan O'Brien Pays Off the Mortgage on His Beach House. You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it. But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. Car Shield. Hmm. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think CarShield. CarShield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call CarShield and choose the mechanic to do the work. CarShield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this yeah. car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So CarShield it would definitely come in. You know, and also, 
with their A rating from the BBB. Don't ask me. CarShield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice and protect yourself from the sky-high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com slash Conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's carshield.com slash Conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT, introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cam and the Nest Doorbell with a battery or wired option. Your choice. Easily install the ADT Self Setup security system at your convenience. You don't need heavy-duty tools. And if you do need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Self Setup from ADT grows, moves, and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. It also features Nest Cams that can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest Doorbell, even a package. These things are getting so smart. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just one quick tap. Now everyone can get trusted security from ADT installed your way with no long-term contracts. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, <laughs> you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are all trademarks of Google LLC. Hey, let's get to some voicemails, huh? Talk to the people. This next one is from Stephanie. Hi, Conan. This is Stephanie in Atlanta. I was just wondering, since you have so many celebrities in your phone, are they listed under their real names or do you have special code names for them? And if so, what are they? Thanks. That's an excellent question, Stephanie. The answer is I do use code names. I am very responsible. So if my phone were ever stolen or misplaced, I have code names so that people can't then look up that celebrity because Mm -hmm. I believe in that. So Jennifer Aniston is listed as Sally Chip Chop. <laughs> but then are there emails like... Excuse me, I'm not... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not done yet. Who's Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks is Ronan Cornstarch. <laughs> I take these things very seriously, and I'm just trusting listeners out there not to remember that these names just would disregard them. But I'm good friends with Sean Connery, as you know, Sona. Yes. And he is Lord Shits with a Z. <laughs> and, <laughs> but you know what? He calls all the time and it just comes up, Lord Shits. Lord Shits. But I know that that's Sean Connery who loves to get himself, <laughs> he loves him, him some scotch and he loves to, <laughs> and of course th- he's often in Scotland and he's calling it a different time. Okay. But um, Sally Fields is Henrietta Dabada. <laughs> Dame Judy Dench. I call her Dench la Baba. <laughs> Taylor Swift is Lieutenant Colonel Charles Schaefer. <laughs> Do you have any politicians like, um, let's say, uh, Kamala Harris? Yeah, she's in as uh, Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> but now, see, that seems like someone might think that's Lady Gaga and call. Yeah, but they'll call Lady Gaga. And when Kamala Harris answers, it'll be kind of a weird conversation. So that one, like, you're okay I loved with. you when a star was born. And she'll be like, what? I'm trying to run for president. And they'll say, run for president? Aren't you satisfied with the Oscar win? (laughs) 
and <laughs> it'll just be a really cool conversation. <laughs> and I do have a lot of celebrity friends, probably more than other celebrities. Oh, I'm very friendly and I'm an influencer. Okay. Um, well, I do. I have a, a podcast. I have a television show. I have uh, some properties, various properties. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm an influencer. I'm right? in charge of your contacts. Mm-hmm. Like I help organize No, these are, that. I don't let you, I do not let you near these. Okay. Just, uh, to be honest with you, I do not let you near these. Oh, okay. Because you know I don't I mean? see any celebrities in, in the contacts that I have I do not to. want you to know my secret name for Sean Penn, which is? Uh, Wargar the Wonder Dog. <laughs> I don't want you knowing that. Do you see something like Wargar the Wonder Dog in his contacts? No, these are contacts that I keep separate from you, Sona, because you, I just can't have you knowing this stuff. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Okay. You know that I hang out with a pretty cool crowd. Yeah. When I think cool, I think Conan O'Brien. I don't want you knowing my secret name for Ice Cube. What is it? Ice T. <laughs> you know, there is. A rapper, an actor named Ice T. No, but he's. I thought he was just on Law and Order. Yeah, but he used to be a rapper. Well, didn't we all? Yeah, that's true. We did together. I think the three of us. Yeah. yeah. What? We were good. We used to go to malls. <laughs> um, okay. Any others you want to tell us? That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I've told you a lot. Okay, you don't have to. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, try one. Uh, presidential historian Dolores Kearns Goodwin. Kearns Dolores. Ha ha ba <laughs> Everybody sounds a little Scandinavian or something. Vin Diesel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Vice Admiral Stemowick. <laughs> Venerable news person Katie Couric. She's called Chia Chum. <laughs> Is there an origin to that one? She, when I was at NBC, she stole a Chia Pet from me. And oh. then I forced her to buy me a new one, so I call her Chia Chum. Oh. What did she? Which one did she buy you? She got me. I think it was the Al Sharpton. <laughs> Do you have him in your phone? He's Alice Longworth. <laughs> you got to be responsible when you're a celebrity and you have celebrity friends. Yeah. You have to be a responsible person. You can't be irresponsible. Yeah. is what I'm saying, which is the opposite of responsible. Do you think people have you in their phone and they give you a code name? I, you know, I, it's a really good question. I mean, every now and then I see someone's phone vibrate and it says sex machine on it. Oh. And I'll think, is that possibly a message that I left? But I don't know. I think we plumbed the depths. We found, find out a lot. Yeah. I really do seriously ask my listeners to show me and the celebrities that we've outed today to just, if you do find my phone, mm. let's show some respect. Right. Give them their privacy. Because people that go into show business- to get their image out there, desperately want their privacy. Yeah. Thank you. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Sonam Obsessian and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Special thanks to Jack White and the White Stripes for the theme song. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf.
Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.